Hello guys, and welcome to this special Little Rock edition of the Low Key Podcast, episode 25. This episode is sponsored by Justin's. Justin's creates a nut butter that's organic, rich, and creamy with flavors like honey, hazelnut, vanilla, and chocolate. And if you have a sweet tooth, try their peanut butter cups, which come in white chocolate and dark chocolate. So check out Justin's and get a tasty treat. Now, without further ado, Patrick Cohen with Blue Canoe Brewing. It's nice, it's easy, it's low-key. Let's get started. Hello guys, and welcome to another episode of Low Key. I'm at Blue Canoe Brewing Company. I'm with Patrick Cowan. Yeah, and I'm very excited to be here. Looks really cool. Thanks, thanks for being on, man. Thanks, man. We're glad to have you. Yeah. Um, so, can you tell us like a little bit about your journey from making, from when Blue Canoeing was an idea to the making of it to where it is now? Oh, sure. Uh, well, basically. A um, couple of us. So I started home brewing back in, in college, back when I was probably too young to even drink beer. Um, found a, a Mr. Beer kit, and so I started home brewing and home brewed for forever and ever and ever. And then um, met Laura, um, who also loves beer, had made beer kind of as a child, essentially. Like her dad and, and her grandfather made beer back before even home brewing became like a thing. They're like, you know, some of the original home brewers, and she had helped them out and then she had a, a love of beer but had never made it so then we kind of became friends started shooting the bull and uh um <clears throat> you know i discovered that that common interest and uh, i was like oh well let's you know let's do a do a batch of beer together so we brewed our first batch brewed our second batch brewed our third batch and kind of did the traditional mm -hmm. i think um what all home brewers do of like the wouldn't it be great wouldn't it be so cool if we had this thing wouldn't it be so great if and then um Kind of as time went by, um, wouldn't it be great if it turned into, into plans, basically? Like, well, let's start looking at buildings and what would be a good, you know, what which of these recipes might be something that more people than us would like to drink? Is this enough, yeah. you know, do we have a diverse enough tap list? Do we need to get some stout, some red, some, you know, what do we need to do? So, mm -hmm. um, just a, I would say it was a gradual thing, but it really wasn't that gradual. Once we kind of got fired up on it, I mean, we went from, you know, brewing in the backyard to opening the doors here probably in, I mean, a year, like nine months to a year, something like that. So it was pretty, nice. um, it was pretty hot and heavy. Went through the, the permitting was probably the longest part of the whole thing. Um, mm. that and then finding a spot. We love, we love our, our little tiny tap room down here. And this is where we're sitting right now. As, as I was telling you a minute ago, we're sitting in what was originally where we brewed. We started in this just I think it's about 20 wide by 40 deep space, which included wow. everything, the tap room, the brewery, the whole everything. We were only open uh, Fridays and Saturdays because we had, when we had other jobs, we had things we had to do, and, yeah. that's, and, that, and we had to do everything here. We had to brew the beer, you know, transfer the beer, carbonate the beer, keg the beer so that we could put it on tap, and then yeah. come Friday and Saturday, you know, sweep the floors, mop the floors, get everything, and then serve, serve all day, and then do it all again. Um, and we started adding additional 
hours. And But even then we had to stay closed because this area was so tiny with our brew house and fermenters and bright tank and everything in here, you had to move all the equipment out. Like we'd have the bar loaded up with all the hoses and tri-clamps and all, you know, Jeez. all the equipment based, you know, the grains would be just take up the whole bar. And then, so, um, we eventually got additional area for brewing in the back. And then we added the more, more space next door, got the next door space as a kitchen. So we we're able to finally add food. I mean, it's just, it's been a constant, uh, constant journey of, of little by little growth I think over the last two two years two years in a month so that's awesome yeah yeah that's really cool um why did you why did you name it blue canoe short version is Laura has a blue canoe <laughs> <laughs> after uh after we were doing you know after we decided okay we're gonna we're gonna do this and we're gonna you know have a brewery we had to start playing well you had to, you have to do it for everything right like if you have a new beer you have to play the name game and and so we always, whether it's a new beer, whether it was the brewery, we would start kicking around names, you know, just yeah. the free thought, you know, whatever, you spit it out and we'll go and we'll go. So we were sitting in her garage one day with a batch of beer going, sh- shooting out names. Um, and we like, we wanted to keep a, some sort of almost like an outdoors type theme. Like we both, yeah. Laura's an avid canoeer, boater, oh, I say that, used to be before we started this and, you know, we had actual free time to do normal things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but she she owns several canoes. Um, I think she may even have a couple kayaks. So she's, she loves the water, loves the outdoors. Um, you know, I'm an Eagle Scout. I grew up hiking, camping, backpacking all over Arkansas. And then same thing, canoeing, rafting, all that kind of stuff. So those were common interests that we shared. And we kind of, we, we're both from Arkansas. We kind of thought that would would be a common theme something we'd stick with so we're kind of playing with those types of names um and then looked up and saw her blue canoe and said blue canoe how about blue canoe brewers and then after that <laughs> we, and we still tried to you know kind of try more names or like let's let's think of something else but um no after that that was it we we're done yeah. <laughs> everything else sounded stupid and it, you know you kind of you know you found the right name when everything else is like no, that's that's stupid. You, sh- you should you shouldn't have even offered that one. You know, it goes from a nice like creative process to like, no, that's stupid. That one sucks. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> Was there any like weird names or like funny names that you guys had? Man, I don't. Oh yeah, I mean we <laughs> we when, that's whenever we start naming a beer or a and that's so that's what we do now is we name a beer. We come through all kinds of you know stupid, stupid, stupid stuff and then have to kind of shake each other and be like, no, that one's no, that's stupid. You shouldn't say. <laughs> I can't. I can't remember what, what all the names we had were. I remember one was Blue Paddle because we couldn't do that because uh, New Belgium had a beer called Blue Paddle. Uh, so I, that's the one that I remember was a. Well, how about Blue Paddle? Actually, that was that's one we we were shooting at right before Blue Canoe was. Well, how about Blue Paddle? I said no, there's a, there's a beer called that, and then it was like looked up and like, oh, how about Blue Canoe? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, I, I think it, it's it's becoming more harder to come up with names because everybody's. Taking them. Oh yeah. Well, and, and now it's turned into. Fortunately, it seems it seems like it's calmed down some. But for a while there, there was like lawsuits. You know, it seems like various breweries were, were getting in contests over you named it this and you named it that or we had this trademark first or what you know. Yeah. Um, now I th- I feel like I haven't heard of that knock on wood. I haven't heard of that kind of stuff in a while. So maybe everyone's kind of chilled out. You know. Yeah. And and, and it's, if you're one of the bigger guys, like it, I mean, it makes sense. You know, if you're if you're a a new Belgium or a, a dogfish head or something like that. You know, you've got a essentially a nationwide distribution. You probably spent who knows what with trademark lawyers getting the name made or whatever. Like, okay, like I get it. But like, I mean, for some of these things, it would be like little, it'd be like us, you know, suing somebody or something over a name. It's yeah. like, I mean, really, you know, like it's kind of, 
they they know who it is. They know who you know. We're we're here. We're with New Little Rock. It's kind of a, it'll be okay. You know, <laughs> it's more of a you know like calm down, have a beer kind of attitude. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. So what what's unique about your beer, and um, why is it so relevant? Um, our beer, kind of our theme throughout the whole time has been one balance. Um, we. If if there's been a complaint from people about our beer that I've heard, it's that it's not hoppy enough. We're, we don't we really don't make anything that's super bitter that really satisfies the true. And I was gonna say true hophead. That's probably not even the appropriate term because there's plenty of um, hop hophead type people that even like the stuff that we do that are going a lot more for for different types of flavors, maybe the tropical fruit, maybe whatever. Um, but for the people that really like that extra bitterness. We we don't really get that far. We don't. Yeah. We try it for every beer we make, whether it be you know our our paddler wheat, whether it be our you know Whitler milk stout, whether it be our four by four pale ale. I feel like all our hallmark has been balance, and then if anything, maybe like even more malt emphasis than hop emphasis. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the one thing I think that that you know all the different hop strains and and different types of IPAs and all that that have come out in the last couple of years. Um, we're that's just not really our thing. I mean, we, we love hops. We love, obviously, what they do for beer. But we try and stick with balance with everything. And then um, kind of diversity or approachability. We, okay. tr- we Especially in a place like Arkansas, it's certainly still a developing market and a de- developing beer community. I mean, there's a ton of... There's still a great beer community and people that are extremely knowledgeable and extremely experienced. But there's still a ton of people that may have never even had their very first... Uh, you know the craft beer like the terms kind of become you know yeah very wide but but i think that's actually in arkansas that's probably still pertinent because they there will be people that have come in here that have never even had a one of the big guys like a, even a sam adams or something mm-hmm. and so you know they're lifelong bud light miller light you know your true big boy domestic drinkers um and you can tell you know they got drug here or something by a friend or a spouse or whatever um and we've always from the get-go tried to be uh, super approachable with those people instead of coming across as like, well, you know, you shouldn't be here. You don't don't know what you're doing, or you don't yeah. like this, or whatever. Well, because our tap list, we try and keep a little bit of everything. I mean, as much as we can. We only have nine taps in here because we are so small and kind of um, cram packed. But we try and get a little bit of everything from light to dark, from hoppy to malty to you know, hmm. we try and cover the tap list pretty well. And so far. For any of those people that have come in, we've been able to find something for it. And it'll be weird, you know, like you'll be like, oh, well, here's our lightest beer. And they're like, oh, I don't like that. And they'll end up going for like an Irish Red or going for our Whitler Milk Stout. Or, so we try not to give up on them and keep trying something for them, trying something for them. And then, but then what happens is that, you know, you'll have converts essentially. They'll be like, that was great. And, and, they'll, and then they'll go nuts and they want to try everything and, you know, and see what's all's out there. And you're like, yeah, hey, there's a million places now. And you should go check out, you know, this other brewery down the street, and it's so. Um, and I think a lot of the other places around here are like that too. I think they've recognized the um, you can't just cater to the the already known craft beer drinker crowd. You've got to try and mm-hmm. bring some people in too. So um, we're we're we love our our Little Rock beer community and the Arkansas beer community, and uh, yeah, um, I think all of us are trying to kind of collectively, little by little, grow it and expose people people to new things they haven't had before yeah and it's obviously working i mean if you um little rock as of uh 
let's say four years ago, I think Stone's Throw is maybe three and change years old now. If you go back four years ago, I believe there was only two breweries in Little Rock. It was Diamond Beer and Vino's. And then maybe, I can't remember if uh, Bosco's was here then or not. So maybe three. But mm. but it's, I mean, you've gone from, there are three, you can call it two, three breweries in Little Rock to now there's like nine, nine or ten. Wow. I mean, same thing in, Ar- you know, same thing in Northwest Arkansas, same thing throughout Arkansas. There's probably a total of, you know, seven breweries or something, six breweries in the whole state back then. And now we're up to, I don't know, 25, 30. I mean, so... Uh, it's, there's definitely been a huge, huge growth that we've been a part of. Yeah, that's really cool. Oh yeah, that's that's really neat to hear too. What was the first beer you had that made you realize craft beer was going to be a bigger part of your life? It's kind of a loaded question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. But back early on, I started drinking. Probably Sam Adams Boston Lager was probably the first beer that I had because like I said I mean back back 10 years ago I'm dating myself now but back 10 12 years ago when I was you know 22 24 somewhere in that range you the Arkansas beer scene the or not beer scene but like you, you couldn't get at a store even at like a liquor store even with a decent selection mm-hmm. you're lucky to get a, a few variants of Sam Adams um I remember when New Belgium came, that was a big deal because we didn't, we had never, we didn't have New Belgium, you know I mean? Yeah. You had, um, but like the Sam Adams, the New Belgium stuff. Um, and then I remember when Flying Saucer came in, that was a huge deal. So they, they definitely had a lot to do with it as well. Um, that's, I'll go with that. I'll say Sam Adams Boston Lager was probably the first beer I had that I was like, wait, this is still a beer? You know, like, <laughs> Cause I was, you know, I was super used to just your typical Miller Lite, Bud Light, stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would you Would you say that was your first craft beer? Or I think it was. I think that's got to be my first craft beer. As far as I can remember, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's really cool. Is uh, Is working at a brewery different than what you thought it would be? Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, it's to, you know so none of us had any experience with this prior to doing it. We didn't have uh, even like restaurant background. You know all yeah. of our all of our other jobs were totally different. And then even you know jobs as younger like I worked at Hobby Lobby, so I didn't even work as like a busboy or anything. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like I didn't. I had no even restaurant experience whatsoever. And so for the first year and change, in addition to to brewing this stuff, we actually you know ran the tap room, um, and so we had to learn completely how to. You know, it sounds stupid to say like we had to learn how to interact with people, but but it's true. It's different. You know, it's totally different from having a normal conversation with someone or even hanging out and having a, having a beer versus having a, a normal conversation with someone while being the bartender at a bar and having to mm-hmm. be able to take care of everyone as well too. You had to learn, you know, how to t- take care of someone when they need it. Basically, like okay, look, yeah. you know, I'd love to talk with you for a second, but there's three people backing up that <laughs> that, that also want beers, and I'm the only person doing this. So like, you're gonna have to chill out for a second, and I'll get, yeah. Um, and then again, how to like how to make people feel comfortable and be be okay to ask questions, and then how to tell them about the beer and describe flavors and things like that. That was one aspect of it, and then um, being home brewers, stepping up from you know brewing five gallon batches to brewing hundred gallon batches wow. is a I mean, all the principles are the same, but yeah, things are different. You know, that like just something as stupid as at the end of at the end of the day, you know, when you homebrew, your batch is done. You maybe got 
15 pounds of spent grains. Mm -hmm. I mean, like our, our smallest batch now probably has 250 pounds of, of spent grains. And so that when we finished our first batch, it was kind of like, what the hell are we going to do with this stuff? We got <laughs> <laughs> like, to figure out what we're going to, where are we even, uh, <laughs> and so we, we hooked up with a, with a farmer out. She's got a place out in Scott, Arkansas, and she feeds for, we've used her for years now and she's great. She comes, picks up our spent grains a couple times a week and, uh, feeds hogs, pigs, cows, um, that's cool yeah feels feeds all our animals with our with our spent grains so nice we love her we would we'd be stuck without her we just figure out what what the world we're gonna do with this you know we brew a couple times a week pretty average um, so it, it adds up real fast yeah <laughs> you know like we end up with a ton or so of grain periodically man that's crazy I mean we're little you know like and it's it's like I feel like it's a that's an issue that's been I've, I've talked to other brewers it's a constant like you gotta you gotta hook up with a farmer or either that or figure out are gonna get these out of here because they get they get gross and stinky real fast. <laughs> yeah, gotta, gotta be able to turn those things over and get them out. That's crazy. What what are the biggest problems you run into in producing beer? Um, I mean for us, it's all it means probably I'd say consistency because you ha it's a totally new, you know, again without having like none of us went to school for it or anything, you know, yeah. without, without having some sort of like a scholastic background or, and also, you know, we're brewing on a three barrel system. So okay. we're super, super small. It's like right in between essentially like almost like a homebrew size. And then like what you'd consider more of a like production brewery size. So we make, you know, 93 barrel or 93 gallons is our finished product when we're done. So we're mm. boiling, you know, one tens like that. And then you lose some as you go through. Um, but because of that, we had to learn as much as we could how to, you know, number one, just keep things clean is extremely important. And then number two, like how to keep your materials consistent. You know, our, our, the, the grains are, are all pretty consistent. Um, every now and again, though, you'll have to deal, deal with like a supply issue. Like you won't have something. Yeah. And so you have to decide, you know, is, can we substitute this or do we have to wait and just tell people like we're out? Like, sorry, guys. Um, and then same thing with hops. You know, all the hops will have... We're not big enough to need hop contracts, so we don't have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Like we're using a couple pounds at a time, and so mm -hmm. we'll end up getting uh, slightly different alpha acid, beta acid content. So we'll have to adjust mm -hmm. how much we use for that to try and make sure it stays the same. You know, how do you keep your yeast healthy? Like you know, because we um, we've, we're pretty diverse with our yeast profile. We've got even though we've only got nine on tap right now. I can see at least four different yeast strains. So it's rather than repitching the same one, you know, we've got to make sure we keep keep four healthy and happy. So mm -hmm. um, all those little things. Plus, then being our size, like we're too small to have, you know, like a lab with like you know microscopes and hemocyters and cell counts and things like that. Yeah. So we've kind of it's those kind of things. The challenge is essentially of I'd say consistency is probably the most difficult thing. Um, but I think that's something that every brewer faces, and it's it's. It's just a universal constant problem. The only difference is once you're bigger, you have more more equipment to test with and sample with, and make yeah. you know make your life a little easier. Huh. Interesting. Uh, how many batches of beer do you make typically in a month? So we probably do somewhere between two and three a week, I believe. So you know, let's work it up. Give it, let's say, between eight and twelve a month. It's probably about right. Yeah, somewhere between eight and twelve batches a month. Yeah, yeah, and we we've recently um, 
like I said, we kind of keep growing. We've you know added next door, so that's you know putting more demand on us. Um, we've we've got our little crowler machines. So that's been awesome. Lets us do you know a, a different kind of to-go package. You know we've always had growlers, but um, the cans are super cool for uh, you know the river or any place you can't either yeah. can't or don't want to take a glass like reusable package. Um, plus we recently. Uh, hooked up with glaciers as a as a distributor we had we had a little bit of distribution that we were doing ourselves um, it became a little too we got a, basically got too many accounts and it became something that with with keeping track of employees and making the beer and the beer schedule brew schedule you know all, all that kind of stuff um, additionally running running beer to places as well kind of got a little too much so we hooked yeah. up with, we hooked up with glaciers and um, they're doing a great job of getting us on tap around town and then even uh, up in Northwest Arkansas, if you get up there or on tap at maybe uh, eight to nine places up there too. So that's awesome. We're having to make sure we make enough beer to keep them happy and <laughs> keep everybody here stocked up as well. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, what What is your um, favorite style to brew and why? Uh, I'm gonna go easy and say I love doing our our Whitler milk stout. It's probably my favorite one to do because it has a ton of different types of grains in it. I think we have eight different types of grains or, or malt that we, that we put in, um, which is fun. Like, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, um, it's interesting to be able to see what happens in the mash ton as you add this grain or that grain and the smells that come out, you know, how complex it is with all these different ones. And then the final, final product when, you're, when it's mashing in, like that final aroma, and it, and it smells wonderful back there when you do that. Um, and then it's, it's just so easy. It's so, in terms of the sparge, mm -hmm. um, uh, some of the ones that we have are, our rye IPA has a ton of rye in it and our, our paddler weed has a ton of weed in it. So mm -hmm. they'll, sometimes they'll try and, um, go a little slower on the sparge or get stuck on you and they require a ton of work and extra paddling and, and, you know, making sure everything flows right. Um, cause all of ours is, we're so small that everything's manual basically. Like we have, you know, oh. we're back there with it babysitting it the whole time and yeah. doing whatever has to happen with it. We don't have, you know, controls or mash paddles or rakes or anything like that. Like we have to actually do it. Um, so that one's a little easier <laughs> to do. Yeah. And then it, and it, since it only, it, it's not, it's a malt emphasized beer. It's not a hop, hoppy beer. It has very, very few hops in it at all. Just, just enough to give it a little balance with the, with all the, the sweetness. But, oh, and then we add lactose to it too. So that's kind of, that's another mm -hmm. fun step to add add the old lactose as well um but it's a fun beer it's got just the right amount of stuff to do without without killing me back there you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's and that's our our brew house um it gets hot it gets real 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 hot it's probably like one on brew day you know you get you've got a hundred gallons of beer boiling it gets you know 90 plus back there oh, geez. so it's a sauna <laughs> yeah it's a it's a sweaty sauna so the more the the easier that the beer goes it makes makes me a happy camper <laughs> yeah <laughs> Is there is there any breweries that have inspired you? Um, why? I mean, golly, probably all of them. I mean, <laughs> it, it, really, yeah. Like, I mean, every, every brewery. Um, I think part of the reason that we like doing this is, I think both. I mean, we're just curious people. You know, yeah. every time um, you go somewhere and try something new. Everybody does everything a little differently, mm. and and then even beyond that, every now and again something will super stand out. Like um, the first thing that comes to my head right now is uh, uh, Coop out of Oklahoma. 
Yeah. They make their, oh, what's that IPA that they make? Is it F5? Or? It's a seasonal one. No, it's the one that they use uh, this clover honey in. Um, oh, God, I can't remember the name of it. It's on the tip of my tongue. It's like a summer IPA. But, and actually, it's a double, I think. It's a double IPA. It comes in like these tall green cans. That one has such a, um, I swear it smells like, the flowers that the bees got the honey off of or something like it's yeah. it's, it's nuts it's in that one's but that's every, you'll come across a beer that has something like that to it and the first mm-hmm. thing that i you know being curious like what they how they do this how you know what do they, <laughs> i love this how do they do this how can i do this i want to do something similar you know it'll send your head to a different place or something new so um every time we try something new it just gets us excited about you know what can we do that's similar to this how can we make this better how can we incorporate something like this and what we do um or even just even if you don't want to just something like how'd they do that you know yeah. um becomes really neat because we you know since we are from a home brewing background like we obviously there's every single time that we um go drink beer it's almost like it's a learning experience essentially hmm. so which is which is great because we can count it as work so. yeah <laughs> yeah that's awesome <laughs> What 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 hops are you guys using currently? Oh God, uh, I mean a ton. Everything from uh, we've used some of the old school IPA hops like a Cascade. Uh, we still use Cascade. Um, uh, traditional bittering hop like Chinook, we use Chinook. Uh, some of the newer varieties we use Amarillo and Citra. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I feel like everybody uses Citra now at the super yeah. um, hop. We still use. Um, kind of the more traditional, like maybe an earthy variety, like uh, Will Yamit or um, Fuggle. We use some of that. We use Glacier in several. We use, um, we're kind of playing around some with Palisades and Equinox. I don't think we use those in anything right now. We use, I mean, everything. We're always trying, and that's the same thing. So we're, we still, again, back to that whole, like kind of the curiosity Whenever there's a new strain that comes out, or even if even if it didn't like come out, whenever we kind of think of one or realize we haven't used one, yeah. we'll try and start playing a little bit. You know, it's it's harder now because there's so many things that we have to deal with day to day to keep keep everything going. But um, we try and you know test batch and innovate and do do little fun stuff and then learn about what's this one do when you do this with it? Like what happens when you, you know, use this as a super late pitch? What happens when you dry hop with this? So mm-hmm. we'll still do, we'll do test batches of this or that or whatever to kind of play and learn and try and incorporate those into, into final products. But there's so many hop varieties out there now. Like it's almost, it's yeah. super hard to even keep up, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so same thing that kind of goes back to drinking now, essentially. Like, you know, if you see, that's why I love it when they'll put, when places will put on either the menu or, or just on like a bottle or something like that. If they'll sneak it in there, that's the variety. You can be like, oh, let's see what that, <laughs> what yeah. that tastes like, or at least how, how it tastes like when they use it, you know. That's cool. That's awesome. What, uh, what would you say to a person that wants to, what advice would you give them, basically, to if they wanted to start a brewery or a microbrewery? Oh my goodness! Um, <laughs> don't give up. Stick with it. Like it's yeah. It's a pro. You know. I mean. It, it's um. There's a lot. I think probably what anyone that wants to start a brewery begins with, or and really makes their primary focus, which is good, and it's the same thing we did. Is you start focusing on beer and brewing beer. You know, like when you're home brewing, you're working on you know recipes and and flavor profiles and things like that, and that's a great place to start. And obviously, you have to do that and know that 
learn mm-hmm. that first, first and foremost. But there's there's just so much stuff. <laughs> like yeah. little every single task. There's so many tasks to be done. I mean, essentially, um, you know, uh, there's aspects to a brewery that are just straight up normal business. There's aspects to a brewery that are almost like industry, you know, like that actual beer brewing process, especially once you get to, you know, a three barrel system or bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, there's logistics elements in terms of um, getting your supplies here. You know, something as simple, just the, the dumbest, it, everything that, that you don't worry about when you're home brewing, you have to worry about when you're a brewery because, mm-hmm. you know, when you're home brewing, you've, uh, you just go down to the, you know, the local homebrew store or get on online or whatever, and, you know, a couple of clicks later and, and, uh, you've got your ingredients, but you might not be able to get that or get that in your quantity. Or do you have that, you know, like right now, Hey, we need to, we need to brew this beer in the next week. Oh, mm-hmm. we can't get that that fast. I mean, so you're, you're having to look several steps ahead. Yeah. Um, there's permitting licensing. There's a ton of that. There's just, I mean, it's, uh, it's every single possible piece of, of virtually all businesses, I think. You know, there's there's social media aspects, marketing aspects, advertising aspects, yeah. you know, personal relationships and interactions. It's, there's just, there's so many things. So I would say uh, if you really decide that's what you want to do, just get ready and, and, be, <laughs> and basically be ready to learn. Like, you know, you're, 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 there is no one that I can, I feel like I can confidently say this, there's no one that's ever going to start a brewery that's going to know everything they need to know. There's, yeah. there's no type of schooling you could possibly go to. There's no hybrid, you know, business slash marketing slash brewing slash, you know, whatever yeah. degree you can get. So you, you have to be adaptable and willing to change and willing to learn. Hmm. So, and then, and willing to work. It's super hard work, you know, <laughs> like there's, there, there will definitely be long days, but, um, we think that it's that it's worth it. At the end of the day, when when you've got a you know someone comes in has a beer and is super happy with it, um, or you you know or you go someplace else. Like we were at Cajuns the other day, and one of the servers was saying great things about our beer, and it, you know yeah. the way people are enjoying it as well. You can kind of be the little fly on the wall, actually. Like that 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 will totally that'll make your month. Like if you can yeah. you know manage to see other people that don't know who you are enjoying your beer and saying good things about it you're just like oh that's fantastic because you know because it's a super non-biased like no bs opinion like you caught mm-hmm. it you know it's like that little that little secret so uh that that basically makes up for the rest of it that's awesome that's really awesome so what what makes you passionate about being a brewer and what motivates you in in being in the beer industry or brewing industry i mean that the basically like the, the final product I, I love beer i mean i've 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 pretty much always loved beer, um, and even even something I, I still even like the, every now and again the old lawnmower beers. You know, it's yeah. <laughs> like I love beer, whether it be you know, um, and a lot of people say this and they're not being truthful, by the way. So I'm going to tell the, the listening audience this: when you go into a tap room and, and they say, "Well, what kind of beer do you like?" and you say, "I like all kinds of beer," at least half the time, if not more, they don't. They really have a, a you know preference. Yeah, I mean, and I do too. My pre- I like IPAs and pale ales; those are my mm-hmm. favorites. But I do like I mean, everything from, you know, Pilsners, Irish Reds, Stouts, Porters. I, I really do like a, a lot of different types of beers. So um, that, that I, I, I love beer. I love it when we're done, when, we're, when we've, you know, taken, taken it all the way from, you know, grains and hops, walked it through, fermented it out, um, carved it, kegged it, you know, having that first, first pint out of it and, 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 and knowing that it came out right. 
mm. um, and the right. business is good, and that you're proud of it, and you're yeah. you know ready to, to serve it to people and send it out to everybody. That's that's what that's what keeps me going. Yeah, that's really cool. So describe to us like your beers and tell us about your beers. Sure. Um, it's so our Jeremy tells all of them. Okay. <laughs> I mean, our, our basically our main. We try and rotate stuff because we obviously, you know, I'm I'm a seasonal drinker. Like depending on what it is, I'll usually change what I what I like. You know, winter okay. winter time, colder times, I like darker stuff, maltier stuff. Um, spring, summer, I like you know maybe lighter stuff, maybe more floral emphasis, things like that. So our the ones that we try and keep around all year are um, our Paddler wheat. Uh, it's a traditional unfiltered wheat beer. Maybe a little bit on the German Hefeweizen side rather than on the you know straight up American side. Um, nice and simple. A uh, little bit of wheat flavors, not too much. A okay. uh, little bit of banana, a little bit of clove. But again, not overpowering, like very subtle. very. And that's one of the reasons it's a year-round beer is it's got enough to it to stand up in the winter. And it's got a you know, kind of clean enough, light enough profile where you can still be okay generally through summer especially if you're inside you know mm. yeah <laughs> um we do our four by four american pale ale uh it's a little higher alcohol strength um and a little more malty emphasis than particularly nowadays more modern pale ales are okay. uh, american pale ales like less less hop emphasis more malt emphasis um it's actually got a decently high ibu for a pale ale it's at 40 mm. but it's so um malty and some of the sweetness from the malt side really kind of downplays that some. Yeah. Um, trying to think some of the flavors on that. Um, maybe a little pine on the end. It's not, again, like it's, it doesn't, and that's the other thing, it doesn't really stand out as being like super citrusy yeah. or, um, or even super floral or anything like that. The, you would probably just kind of describe it as a well-balanced pale ale with maybe a little more malt emphasis. Hmm. Um, we also do... Our Whitler Milk Stout is a year rounder, um, which is was kind of weird because it's a I mean, it's a milk stout. Yeah. Super super dark. I mean, it's almost black. You know, you can't see through this thing. Um, uses eight eight or nine different types of grains, mm-hmm. um, chocolatey, espresso-y, coffee flavors. Um, virtually no bitterness. Um, sweet, but not too sweet. Um, but same idea. Somehow, I mean, we'll still people we'll still sell a ton of that in the middle of summer. Yeah. Um, and it's a you know strong thick beer um it's just but it's kind of well balanced well rounded enough to where it, it works um we also do we do our rye ipa and we're, we're actually out right now because it's it's in the fermenter finishing up right now it's being dry hopped so it's got another maybe five days left before we'll have it back on tab we okay. just kind of blew through it um it's a kind of we use a ton of rye in the in the base grain when it's not the base grain but use a ton of rye on the grain side um which gives you some good peppery flavors Mm. um it's also a big big kind of strong thick almost even syrupy beer Mm. um and then we that one probably shows off the most hops of any of the ones that we do particularly that we do year round yeah um it's obviously it's an ipa it's about 80 ibus um, a little more bitter, but we, we blend a couple different style, you know, a couple different hop varietals so that it's not so much of one. Um, big kind of tropical fruit flavors, maybe some mango um, on it. Uh, but again, even then, it's, so, it's not super overwhelming. It's not super, super, super powerful. It can kind of get you in trouble because it is a, it's basically an imperial IPA. It's, it's up yeah. there too in its alcohol percentage. So um, it's very approachable. And even, for, even people that aren't, 
IPA drinkers will will enjoy that one. So those are kind of our our four mainstays, and then we try and, try and rotate stuff out for the rest of the year. Okay. Yeah, and we've got our big one that we right now. So we're still it's winter time, so we're we're pushing through a whole lot of. We did a, a coconut cream stout. Okay. Um, that one's on tap right now. We've also got a little bit left of our Baltic Porter. That one's about to be gone. Um, and then when spring comes, we're about to do our Pinnacle Blossom Wit. Uh, wonderful, wonderful, like Belgian-style wit beer. Again, like super, super light. Um, we actually use honeysuckle in it. Mm. Um, uh, and that's it got its name from we the first batch that we did when it was homebrew style. We were able to... To scrounge up enough honeysuckle off of Pin- like off of Pinnacle Mountain area, it's a mountain out in West Little Rock here. Yeah, I um, actually just went hiking there. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> and now that's all, it's like almost gone. Like there's no way. Like when I was a kid, it you know um, that the honeysuckle had basically taken over out there. Yeah. And so now they've taken, but it's a non-native. The honeysuckle that we're used to is a non-native species. So whoops, sorry. We kind of did, we did that. <laughs> we learned that after the fact. I, I grew up with it, so I thought it was from you know from Arkansas, but no, it's it's not. But that's we use it oh. anyway. Um, but it's it's great. It's a not, it's a one. It's like the perfect spring beer, I think. Um, lower alcohol percentage, little like maybe four and a half or so. Um, super light and floral. Um, yeah. Little maybe like a little hint of honey to it. Um, but that one's coming up as soon as we can get get some honeysuckle for it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. If I was if I was just coming into your guys' doors, and I was like a new person into craft beer, or just a new person coming around to Blue Canoe. What would you recommend that I get? I mean, so we'd probably we'd probably just walk you through it essentially. I mean, okay. if, if um, we always ask what well, like what was the last beer you had, what kind of beer do you like, things like that. But um, like I like I said before, we found that that if especially if someone's a brand new to craft beer altogether person, yeah, what you've had before may have nothing to do with what you might like here because we always used to go to um like our lazy river so our lazy river is a a belgian table beer three and a half percent alcohol super super light you know like almost crystal clear like not quite you know pear cider crystal clear but yeah you know right around like the the color of almost like a, a bud light miller light type beer super light you know medium to high carbonation um but, but a lot of those people wouldn't like it because since it's a Belgian table-style beer, um, and then with the hops that we use, you get a little bit of almost like lemongrass and dill on it. Okay. Um, and some people love that, but some of the people that were more non-craft beer drinkers or hadn't had that experience before hated it. Super, mm-hmm. you know, because they'd look at it, I think they would look at it and be expecting, you know, here's my, or this is their, their version of Bud Light. And then when they taste it, oh, that's not Bud Light. It's that's <laughs> so we just we would probably walk you through and say, here, try this, here, try this, and and see what people like. Because some people we have a, a lime goza on right now on the other side. That's mm-hmm. uh, a lot of intro craft beer people like that one. Um, some like our Irish Red. Some and some of them though will go for like our Pale Ale. You know, you just never. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm telling you, we we. We gave up a while ago on thinking like, oh, well, these these kind of two or three we might have we might have go tos we might start giving you samples of, but um, we'll we'll probably we'll find one we'll find one that you like. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's funny. So, where would people find you, and how would people connect with you and see what you guys are doing? Uh, so, our main tap room here is at uh, four twenty five East Third Street, downtown Little Rock. We're about two blocks south of the main River Market Drag. Uh, we're in between. Uh, Dugan's Pub and then Andina's Coffee Shop um, and then we're of course on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and 
Um, we've got a website. We've got to redo that. We don't pay much attention to that website. We're bad. Yeah. We're bad about it. It's it's dated. and needs to be updated. But they, like Facebook, we're really good about Facebook um, and Twitter and Instagram. I think. Okay, that's awesome. And what would you recommend hiking? You said you're an outdoorsy kind of person. Oh yeah. Um, what would you recommend like outdoor activities over here in Arkansas or Little Rock? I was gonna. I mean, on it, like you've you've already done the best one in Little Rock, I think probably. So do the the Pinnacle Mountain hikes. Great, nice and close. You don't have to go too far. Um, uh, Two Rivers Park is great if you haven't done that yet. Okay. Um, it's similar idea of how to get there. You go way out Highway 10, um, and you turn the first Pinnacle Mountain sign basically, and then where the road curves left to go to Pinnacle, you keep going straight. It's this big uh, peninsula essentially that juts out into the Arkansas River. Yeah. It's probably how big is it? Maybe 40 acres or something like that. I mean, it's okay. A, it's a big, big, big area. Uh, it's got lots of big open fields. It's got a lot of like walking paths, bike trails. Um, there are people will rent little garden plots out there. So they're growing cool. gardens and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, um, if you go, I, I hadn't, I haven't been in a couple of years since we started this place, but the last time I was out there, uh, they had to allow like a, a bow hunting deer hunt out there because Whoa. since there was so, this little community garden thing had gotten so big that if you were out there at night or like right at dusk, like I was, they had a deer herd of like 150 deer that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so you're, you know, like you just put the bike back in the car or you're walking the dogs or whatever, you get the dogs in the car and you you start to drive away and then huge deer herd. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, and it's, you know, it's Little Rock. It's like, I mean, it's not in, it's in the middle of the city, but it's not cause it's this little peninsula thing that's in the river. Yeah. Um, that's a good one. If you want to go up a little bit, Petty, Petty Jean State Park is great. There's the same idea, a ton of trails, um, beautiful views. Um, anything on the Ozark, Ozark Trail is good. Um, that's all I can think of right now. I mean, it's great, everything's beautiful basically. There's yeah. a ton of stuff around the Buffalo. Um, you can get up on, you can hike and get up on those bluffs and you know, watch the river cut through. So it's, it's a great state, yeah. <laughs> especially for outdoor stuff. And then we're about to hit canoeing season, so. Um, we're excited about that. Hopefully, we'll see what we can do to plan the brew schedule appropriately yeah. so we can get some weekends off. And yeah. <laughs> get you, going is, it, is there like canoe racing and stuff? Or I mean, there I've only been to a couple. The big one that I can think of is with is what's not really canoe racing, but it's the uh, cardboard boat race. Like you make it's a big thing where they make these boats essentially out of cardboard and I mean, it's technically a race but it's so interesting you know, some of them they're all gonna sink you know it's just that some of some of them are attempting to like you know win the race and then some of them are just trying to make something funny out of cardboard and hmm. so it's it's a fun thing it's almost like a flume tog or something like that only with like cardboard what? boat races yeah yeah well all right well thanks for being on and taking the time for letting letting me be able to interview you and talk on the low-key podcast yeah man we're, we're glad that glad to come on we're excited that you, that you reached out to us and glad to be a part of it yeah thanks well audience we'll talk to you later see ya <laughs> goodbye y'all hey guys i want to thank you again for listening to the low-key podcast want to thank patrick cohen for being on with blue canoe brewing company now if you're ever in the little rock area Go check them out and drink a brewski with them. Now, if you listen to us, go check us out on Instagram. Go check us out on Facebook and check out what giveaways we're doing and also what episodes we're coming up with. But also check out Blue Canoe Brewing Company's social media pages as well. So guys, thanks again for listening. It's nice. It's easy. It's low-key. Thank you.